The iPhone XR is here at T-Mobile, and there's a whole lot to love. Like taking those perfect new year, new you portrait mode selfies you're going to share. Nice. It's the best way to stay connected to everyone you'll heart most in 2019. So get ready to fall in love with iPhone XR on T-Mobile, the most loved in wireless. Call 1-800-T-MOBILE to learn more or visit a store today. Welcome to another edition of the Streaking Lawn Podcast. Once again, my name is Pierce. I've got Caroline with me tonight. Caroline, how's it going? Hey. What's hey. going on? Welcome back. We missed you. Oh, thank you. You all did admirably in my absence. I was very impressed and surprised that I'm back, actually. I thought you were just going <laughs> to roll with it. We've also got Matt Trogdon. How's it going, Matt? What up, fam? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing so well. So well. Despite... <laughs> The football team being one and one, and you want to know why? It's because it means I was right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> the silver I think, lining. I think we were both right. I think I know. Yeah, I'm the only, I'm the only loser yeah. here. Well, me yeah. and the team, but yeah. I also made ten bucks because my friend said I could give him whatever odds I wanted uh, on the who's. And anyway, he was dumb enough to bet on uh, Virginia. As we all learned from Luke Bowanko, you only bet on Virginia if you're giving or taking points. And this was a straight-up bet, so it didn't work out for him. Anyway, <laughs> let's talk a little bit about that game. Uh, you know, I think it's something that we, some of us expected. Most people probably expected it at least to be close or, or, or Indiana to be tough. I still think of the backlash that I've been reading on the internets that – uh, you know, people, I think, were underestimating Indiana, maybe yes. overestimating UVA because yes. they're UVA fans, and, and that's a normal thing to do. Mm. While there were a few things to get upset about, which we'll certainly get into, I don't think the result was all that surprising. And because of that, I don't find it really all that discouraging. I think there are obvious weaknesses, and some of those might be um, more concerning than than I would have thought beforehand. But all in all, they played a good team. Virginia's not a good team. And they did some good things and came up with the result that, that most people, including the odds maker, makers, uh, expected. So, Caroline, how has your opinion changed uh, of the team, You know, of, of adjectives you would uh, describe the team <laughs> with, or maybe the outlook for the rest of the season after the Indiana game? Um, I think you hit a couple of things on the head, one of which is I think Indiana was a better team than maybe um, people expected coming in. Or I know before the season, maybe people changed what they thought of Indiana based on their performance against Ohio State. Um, there are some things that I think Virginia did very well. I think all in all, the secondary was actually pretty outstanding. They held some um, – I mean, they forced Lega out, Lego, Lego – the guy who tore up Ohio State, the quarterback for Indiana, mm-hmm. I cannot pronounce his name, save my life, whatever. Doesn't matter. They forced him out of the game in the end of the first yeah. quarter. He was like two for ten or something like that. Completely ineffective against Virginia. Mm-hmm. Three um, for ten. Yeah, and and that's a testament to what the what not only the defensive line or like the whole system was doing to this guy. 
Um, but the cornerbacks, especially losing Tim Harris, I thought it was very um, encouraging early on that the defense was playing the way that they were. Um, the backup who came in was a more mobile guy, had a great arm on him. I think he completed his first 11 pass attempts. He was like 11 mm-hmm. for 11 to start the game, missed the 12th one. Um, but he even then, he only finished with one passing touchdown, I believe. Um, I should have he had two. Was. He had two. Yeah. But the Simi Cobbs was the guy that everyone was like, oh, you got to watch Simi mm-hmm. Cobbs. You got to watch Limit Simi Cobbs. And Virginia limited Simi Cobbs. Like he had one long touchdown run that was primarily not bad coverage, just some bad tackling and the athleticness of Simi Cobbs. Sure. Um, the biggest issue, and I think there's, it's a two pronged issue for me. Offensively, running the ball needs to get fixed and special teams need a lot more work than I think anyone thought they did. And I think there was sure. some, the first few punts from Coleman were outstanding and it's, you know, 60 yarder here, 60 yarder there, whatever, 50 yarder, 40 yarder. Um, and then he shanks one touchdown, Indiana. And then there was a, you know, big return from some missed coverage, people missing their lanes. Mm. We led to an Indiana touchdown. And just like that, the game switched. Meanwhile, on the opposite side of the ball, uh, we weren't doing shit. Uh, excuse mm-hmm. my language. Obviously, it does not help when Indiana forced us into some bad field, some bad starting field positions. Um, it's tough sometimes. to start a drive. Yeah, sometimes it's tough to start a drive on your own three. It's tough to start a drive, whatever. And, but then at that point, like, I, I want fewer of those like lateral passes that are forward passes. Oh my god! Yeah, that go all the way to the sidelines where it goes 15, 20 yards, right. but nowhere upfield. Right. Um, they just get eaten up every time. And and I think some of it, you know, people um throw a bunch of stuff on an eye. Um, but also I think, I think there's some limitations with what our offense can do with some of the pieces that we have. And that's just something mm-hmm. that we need to be honest with ourselves about. Um, we know Kurt Kabenker can hit those long throws. We've seen him be accurate. Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't think that that's where my only consolation with the offense coming out of that game is like, I've seen Kurt Benker make those throws with less time in the pocket. Mm-hmm. So he was getting some passing time, but uh, I think that that's something that we need to be a little bit more realistic, like what kind of tools we have on offense and what we can actually do with them. So it was a really long answer. Matt, you're probably in, you're like, all right, wrap it up. Lady. Come on. <laughs> Matt, same multifaceted question to you, sir. Uh, can you repeat the question? Please? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, after the game, have your expectations for the rest of the season changed? Would the adjectives you would use to describe the I didn't, football I didn't game change? Um, you know, what would you walk away Saturday or maybe now after having a few days to, to really digest it? How are you feeling? Uh, I'm not sure. I, I don't know. I would have felt a lot better about Indiana if Ohio State didn't get steamrolled at home last week against Oklahoma. So Ohio State lost Oklahoma by almost 100. Indiana <laughs> lost to Ohio State by almost 100. Mm-hmm. And so we lost both to Indiana by almost 100. So I don't know I don't know where that leaves us, but I, I am I'm, it was not unexpected. I was. It was not unexpected, but to me, um, I predicted Virginia to lose this game. Um, I agree with, but you know, I, I was still disheartened. I agree with Caroline. Um, you know, defense played great. Uh, I was really encouraged by the secondary. Um, I, I loved the move of putting Juan Thornhill back at cornerback. I like 
you know, I like him there and some combination of Chris Moore, Brenton Nelson at strong safety uh, more. I like that more than I would have liked um, Jermaine Crowell starting at, at cornerback and, and Juan in the strong safety role. So mm-hmm. I, I like that a lot. I thought the defensive line played great. I thought, I mean, Jordan Mack had 16 tackles, Micah Kaiser, Chris mm-hmm. Peace. Um, they both, they all got, they both got sacks. So the, the defense was great. Um, you know, as Caroline said, and, and, um, you know, for the fans that want to read about this on streakingthelawn.com, you know, that they can either read my piece, the two up, two down, or they can read our report card, or they can read our, our from the upper deck. Um, you know, we all covered it a little bit differently, but we covered it comprehensively. Um, you know, you can check out, uh, you know, the, the special teams and the offense really, um, really kind of let, let the team down. I, uh, you know, special teams, it just seems like our special teams have been bad for almost six, seven years now, right? I mean, ever since that uh, Chick-fil-A bowl where Auburn, I think they blocked a punt, they returned one for a touchdown. It just seems like we haven't gotten any better since then. And that is frustrating to watch, to see as a fan. Um, and then offensively, you know, as Caroline said, it's a combination of, of uh, execution and scheme that seems to be the problem. Uh, what's interesting to me is that, um, you know, some f- I've, I've been reading and listening to some folks that have been starting to question uh, the offensive play calling. So, uh, so, <laughs> so a few out there. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. I, but folks whose opinions I, I think should be, should be heard. So Tony Covington uh, in the post game said that he thought the main problem was that Virginia didn't have an offensive identity. Yep. Uh, I was, I was listening to Ahmad Hawkins earlier today. He said he doesn't really know what Virginia is trying to do on offense. Uh, he had another former Cavalier on his show said the same thing. And so, I mean, it's, it's one thing, you know, when, when fans start to question the offensive play calling or when, you know, the, the three of us start to question the offensive play calling. Mm-hmm. Um, but when former players are starting to raise some questions saying they don't understand what it is that we're trying to do, um, I think that, that lends a, 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 a higher level of credibility to those questions. So I'll be interested to see what Virginia does. Um, on offense going forward, they have yeah. to make some kind of an adjustment and yeah. be interested to see what it is. Well, it's funny. The main thing you saw when the game started to get away from the who's was Indiana started to take what Virginia was giving them, you know, man coverage, shutting down their intermediate passing game. Well, they put, let's try the running quarterback and they didn't mark him for a couple touchdowns, you know, like in Indiana, what they were giving UVA was the middle. So Evan Butts, six catches, but should have had 12 catches should have had yeah. 15 catches. You know, it was there all game and they were given Benker running room and he didn't take advantage of it. You know, is that coaching? Is that indecisiveness? Is it poor decision? That fear of getting hurt? Yeah, who knows? Yeah, it could be any of that until, you know, someone says definitively Kurt or an I or Bronco. But um, regardless, it was bad because it was it, it became drive stalling at um, a number yeah. of different times. So, you know, right there, that's saying one team made adjustments, the other team didn't, and that's everything we could complain about the last football staff is their inability to make adjustments. 
I do think there might be some issue with depth to make certain adjustments as well. Sure. Because Indiana had significantly more depth than we did in order to make the type of adjustments that they made. So while, yes, I agree in some extent, like we are one or two, I know, I'm not, I don't mm. want injuries, but this team is one or two injuries away from being in a yeah. real world of hurt, especially like when we talked about on the special teams, like they have, they're so thin on special teams mm. that it, it's one of the things that, and, and that's just one of my frustrations following the game. And I get why people are frustrated. Losing sucks. It's the worst. I hate it. I don't like being a laughing stock of the ACC or college football or mm. people assume like, Oh, well, at least you're basketball school, which it is fun to be a basketball school. Don't get me wrong. Mm. Um, but this is a new team. This is a new coach. Like you cannot hold the last 10 years against Bronco Mendenhall. And that's where I get frustrated and where I go on my rants is like, you've had, he said 14 games. Like it's not, that's not an extensive amount of like data points to go off of. And these things where it's like, well, he can't do this and he can't do that. And if he can't figure this out, like he's using, like these are where some of the recruiting issues from, under Mike London where they weren't Mm. recruiting the line. They weren't recruiting for depth down the line, like for the future. So this is the stuff it's, it's come to roost now and there needs to be patience. I understand that patience can be very hard when it's loss after loss after loss, especially when you keep losing Virginia tech, but it needs, I just think it's like you can't, we can't keep running coaches out of town every three years because it's going (laughs) to, worse like no one will want to come coach here no one will want to come play here like you have to give people time to he's setting up an entirely new system and the thing Mm. that makes me mad is people say like well there's been no shown improvement and i say bullshit this team is definitely better than the team last year sorry spoiler alert language (laughs) like i'm sorry this team like the lack of um penalties and i know people don't want to like oh great they don't you know they're not even aggressive enough to like get flags i don't think that's the case at all they're definitely um i just think that there's things that this team is doing like the defense looked great um shit they're already sorry i'm swearing a lot tonight <laughs> you don't need to apologize for it <laughs> that's we, true. we curse on this all the time <laughs> we only won two games last year and we've already got right. one of them you know what i mean like I, I i don't see how so we're halfway there think that they're worse than the team was last year I just, I don't. So, yeah, I think- I'm, honestly, I mean, I haven't seen anybody say they're worse than the team last year, but certainly. Some I think that they're, <laughs> I think that they're objectively better. Like, yeah. I don't think, yeah, they, yeah. you know what I mean? So to say that there's been no improvement, I think is, is um, disingenuous. Um, yeah. But I think there are things that we've seen that are coachable fixes you know like obviously benker six seven eight throws in a row are not just missing deep but they were five ten yards over you know they they were nowhere near right well stop fucking calling that throw then you know like like (laughs) i I didn't drop any f bombs. that's not a known that the first one was pierced that's not a uh uh you know death chart issue that's not a Right, absolutely. That's it. If if your slider's not finding the strike zone, stop throwing the slider. Right, exactly, exactly. No, I got you. And I agree. Again, like, I definitely think that maybe they were like, okay, let's try this again. I do like the deep shot on certain – like, I think when they used them, I didn't really have much of an issue. Like, um, but – like the timing of them being called, but when they repeatedly aren't working, Mm -hmm. you're basically wasting it down and risking a – 
an interception. Well, they were so yeah. far out of bounds. <laughs> Lord knows the the swing pass is is the most infuriating thing. It's the oh, new whatever God. that Fairchild always called the slow developing runs. Of course, we've been doing a lot of that out of the shotgun too, which doesn't make any sense. But uh, in in fairness, they did score a touchdown on the swing pass on a blitz because it was the right play yeah. call that one time. But, you know, early on, I think it's just been frustrating. Like you said, the play calling has been frustrating. Everyone is jumping on it, uh, whether it be people who know football or the casual fans or everyone in between, uh, for good reason. You know, it's not everyone yeah. is wrong. It's that the play calling has been questionable, and it hasn't certainly hasn't worked. Um, and right. that's obviously the end-all, be-all is our – are, are we getting results? I think the other thing that we, and I don't mean to continue, like I know we jokingly do the go to streaking the for recovered. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was a, we put a video on Facebook about hidden yards, uh, quote hidden yards. Um, and I think that's a huge, I mean, that's, the, that was the difference in the game this time around where you're looking at what you give up field position wise. There were 255 yards basically is what mm-hmm. it came out to be, which per some math equation or whatever they say translates to 17 or 18 points um, that basically we gave them based on field position. And mm-hmm. I don't know if you remember the final score, but it, we lost by 17. Right. So it's one of those things where like, that's just something that's brutal. Like the defense probably did enough to what the defensive effort should have been enough to like, at least keep us in the game. It should have been closer, obviously. I because mean, of the field position issues. And, and I don't, here's the thing too. I think Indiana played a good game. Like yeah. they made adjustments. They played a good game. They have, they have some great players. And I think they'll actually do pretty well in the, in the big 10, but right. um, not to take anything away from Indiana. Cause I think that they, they perform like the couple who's at the corner they have. For, um, Fant, he was yeah. outstanding. Yeah. But it so. wasn't just field position. They, I mean, left points off the board for Virginia. I mean, the, twice in the first half, they had the ball on Indiana's side of the, yeah. uh, you know, and what they walk away with, three points. Three points. You know, and that's starting right there. You know, after that point. They made a field goal, the, though. Yeah, uh-huh. but after Baker <laughs> missed a wide-open craft in the end zone. And, yeah, every, you know, Tom Brady misses throws. You know, one throw does not – uh, no, he doesn't. Predict perfect. a whole game, but you know it was a terrible game for Banker one way or the other. He didn't turn the ball over because there was a, a, a penalty on the, the turnover. Thank God, but I don't think that means Banker's going to be terrible for the rest of the year. No, I don't either. But that's a lot of missed points when you fake a field goal. It doesn't work when you punt from the. I just I hate 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 football teams that punt on the other team's side of the field. It could be like fourth and 30 from your, you know, fourth and goal from the 30 from penalties or whatever. And I you know, well, I guess you'd kick a field goal, but you know what I mean? Anyway, yeah. <laughs> I just, I, mean, I don't think there's anything to be gained from it. And it drives me absolutely nuts. And we did it multiple times, I believe this game. So, um, but no, I wasn't on Twitter also saying that to throw in the towel for the season or fire the coaching staff. That was only after the tech game last year that I felt that was. So, <laughs> um, real quick, just how about how about a, a, a pessimistic, optimistic, or holding steady? Where has your perception for for what you think the Who's will accomplish this year? It, has that changed after two games, Matt? Uh, no, I, I had him at four and eight. Um, I, I think I still have him at four and eight. Um, I think they'll beat UConn this week. I think that uh, Boston College certainly 
looks vulnerable. I think they'll beat Boston College. You know, it, let, let me take it back. If the game were to be played this weekend, I think they would beat Boston College. Mm. Um, and I think they'll have a shot at Pitt. I think they'll have a shot at Carolina. And I think they'll have a shot against Duke. So I think, still think they'll go 4-8. and eight. Um, So, no, I, I'm the same uh, same spot. I, I'm disappointed that I can't be more optimistic about it. I'm but. not mad. I'm just disappointed. How about you, Caroline? Um, oof. I may be wavering a little bit um, in my seven and five prediction. Well, um, yeah, I think that's going to be tough. <laughs> it's still doable because I think the uh, – It is mathematically possible. That's correct. Right. But the games that I thought would have been a lot tougher are some of the ones that Matt just mentioned with, with mm-hmm. the way that Pitt has looked early. And obviously, like, all this is a grain of salt. I know what we yeah. look like early too. So maybe – I mean, they, everyone thought we'd be a walkover anyway, so no one's really changing their perspective of how Virginia is going to play. But – um, I think the pit game looks a lot more manageable. The UNC game looks a lot more manageable. Um, and I do think UConn – and it, it'll just be – I'll be curious. Maybe they pull something out of their ass and end up beating Boise State. Like, you never know what's going to happen in these weird games. Like, True. So I'm probably closer now to, like, five and seven, really. But I, I think the thing that's scary to me is a couple of the teams that I thought weren't going to be or didn't really know what they were going to look like. Like, I think Virginia Tech looks a lot better. Well, they didn't play as great against Delaware, but I think they look a lot better than um, I was expecting, like, with their quarterback. So I think that's... that's right now they look like coastal favorites, but we haven't seen Miami. We've only seen Miami play once, yeah. So, um, I mean, I think all of the things should theoretically be fixable minus some of the depth issues on special teams. So if we can figure something out... I think the depth issues are are more prevalent than just special teams. Right. And that's For one sure. thing we haven't talked about is the running game. I have a st- I have a stat uh, yeah. related to the depth issues in case anybody cares. Let's hear it. I care. Um, I went back and looked at how many players um, had played in a game uh, in recent years to kind of compare them to what we're pacing at this season. So in 2012, uh, we, we ended the season with 73 players having played in the game. 2014, it was 72. Last year, it was 70. Mm-hmm. Uh, this year, through two games, we've only had 55 players um, play. So last year at this time, yeah, last year at this time, we were at 63. Um, so we're eight players behind where we were last year. Um, so then you start to say, well, why can't we just throw more players in the game? Um, and give those starters a blow on special teams. But then you look at the roster and, you know, outside of that, there's like a crop of second and third year linebackers who seem to have just been passed over. But outside of them, um, you know, it's true freshmen. It's more true freshmen that you would be throwing in. So um, the depth issues are real. Um, Mm. So, yeah. I will say um, I was very impressed with, um, like you mentioned Juan Thornhill before, Andrew Brown had a much better game. I thought he, and I think Mendenhall said during the press conference that it was the best game that Brown has had since he's been to UVA. And then um, who was the other? Jordan Mack, I thought was Mm -hmm. very good. Um, The defense had some great moments. More like like Jordan return of the Mack, am I right? Exactly. (laughs) Um, Woof. And yeah, that was a little rough, but I'll take it. It's fine. Um, Y'all people. 
<laughs> but yeah, I think that there are some players that, yeah, the depth and the youth. My other only hope is perhaps as the line gets more time to play together, there's more gelling and success. But um, we'll see. I don't know if that's a thing. Gotcha. I mean, the running game is it needs to be fixed. And I thought they got away from it, honestly. Um, you know, it wasn't working, so I understand why you get away from it and you're losing, so you sort of got to throw the ball. But the amount of throws Banker made is a ridiculous number. Um, and I still think Jordan Ellis is really, really good. There's no reason mm-hmm. he needs to be thrown at 66 times a game, no matter how much no. we're losing by or how bad the running game has been. Um, he had the good touchdown run, and that was about it. Everything else on that run, though. terrible, though. Every other facet of the running game looked awful. The blocking looked awful. A dive plays out of the shotgun. I don't know yeah. when that's ever worked. Um, I'd like to see more. I don't know, and maybe someone that is, I don't know, who's played. Obviously, I've never played football, and I don't know what the safety issues <laughs> are with this, but... I would feel like a designed run call for Brenker would have less of the like crazy injury factor than like a scramble situation. I don't know. Maybe that's, that's just the way. I, I think that's it. fair to, to assume. Um, I'd like to see maybe a few more designed run plays because he can do it. I, I think mm-hmm. the majority of the hesitance is legitimately like, please, for the love of God, don't get hurt. Like, um, oh, again, ben- we don't know for sure, but. Benker had that scramble in the second half where he scrambled for, I think he scrambled for 11 yards yeah. and you can tell he's fast. I mean, he's mm-hmm. faster yeah. than, he's faster than Indiana's backup quarterback. He's faster than the William and Mary quarterback that gashed UVA up the middle a little bit last week. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can tell the guy has some wheels, so I don't yeah. know, you know what Caroline said, I don't uh, yeah. know what the reason was that. for the hesitancy there, but yeah, right. I agree. Well, uh, before we transition into uh, other sports, real quick, everybody predicting a win still over UConn. Let me go ahead and go first. UConn is really, really bad. We're going to beat them. I expect the Hoosa cover. Uh, and as, as we learned, you got to factor in the points when betting on Virginia. Um, I, if, if they don't beat UConn this weekend, then everything bad you've been reading on Twitter and on message boards – about the program or the staff or anything, it's all deserved after that. I mean, that, that this would be really, really, really bad <laughs> for the program. Yeah. I get, yeah, obviously not unsalvageable if they lost, but then won some ACC games or something like that. But in, in terms of looking at the state of the program, if they lose Saturday, which again, I don't expect them to do, things have really uh, fallen off. The wheels have come off. So anyway, you guys uh, both expecting victories? Yes. Cool. And I think they cover as well. I think they won by two, at least two touchdowns. All right. Let's bet the farm then. I, I think they, I think Virginia wins, but I don't think they cover. Well, we'll take the W. Will you be happy with a close win? Matt? I'll be happy with any win at this point. All right. Sounds Especially on national television, ESPN two. Oh, yeah. The deuce. The deuce. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Well, let's talk a little bit about, the uh, other major sports news from the week, we got the basketball schedule released. Woo! Men's basketball team starts on November 10th yes. against UNC Greensboro. Their first road game a week later, the Seagull Center. Yeah. VCU. 
Isn't that one at like four in the afternoon or something? On a Friday, yeah. Oh. Is that part of the ESPN 24 hours of hoop thing or is that? I think it's something with travel for VCU, if I remember correctly. We'll have like, to get our stats guy on that. And uh... I think they're leaving that evening for their, I think they're doing one of the, a tournament. Um, like when they're pre, well not or whatever, not preseason, but early season tournaments and they have to leave or something like that. That just seems like a really, on the Twitters. really dumb, unfortunate time to be you know, yeah, because that game just stays to work. What's the biggest basketball game on Friday? That's, that's it's perfect so happy hour basketball viewing. I, I don't know what you guys are so except that's true. Um, I think it'll be an awesome game. Obviously, this is the first time that they've played. The last time Virginia and VCU played was at VCU, and I think that was three years ago, yeah. two years ago, because Virginia hasn't played. Um, they never played the inter, um, coach between the two that are the one that was there now and the one that shock is smart. Um, I don't know why I'm blanking on the guy's name. Will Wade. Yeah, they never played Will Wade when he mm-hmm. was at VCO. No, I thought, um, so they have a new coach this year. Um, they're ready to ready to roll, but mm-hmm. neither. I honestly, here's some stuff people aren't going to want to hear. I think this is going to be the first uh, time in whatever it is, 63 AP polls where Virginia is not ranked. I do not think that Virginia is going to be ranked in the first AP poll. I agree. And I, I honestly, like, that's fine. Doesn't matter. I think that's, yeah, yeah I There's. think that's uh, the only thing that I would have wanted them to be ranked top 25 where I think it would be an issue is to keep that streak alive. I think keep that the streak. Yeah. yeah, I think they'll eventually get in there. Um, this team is a little bit of just a question mark to experts and fans because legitimately, I, I mean, I don't know what to expect. Like, we mm. were talking earlier today in the Slack room about, like, what we think potential starting lineups are. And then you mm-hmm. remember someone and you're like, well, where does Jay Huff fit in? Like, mm-hmm. how is so-and-so going to fit in? Like who starts? Does Guy start or does Nigel Johnson start? Like, what do we know about Nigel Johnson? Um, so I think it'll be interesting to see where the team is once we see them play because mm-hmm. that's, and that's where this VCU game early in the season, like you said, so like basically a week into the season, um, a road game and a hostile environment. They they make it a bigger rivalry than I think we do, and I know that I, they it matters. Um, oh, so yeah, stats guy says VCU plays in Maui the following Monday, so they're in the Maui Invitational, which is why they're leaving Friday night uh, or Saturday morning or something like that. Um, and our early season tournament is in New York. The Barclays Brooklyn. get to play at Brooklyn twice. Brooklyn baby. Vandy, then either Sinton Hall or Rhode Island. So they've got some good brand name out of conference games early on VCU. Monmouth, I would put up there as a, a, you know, name recognition, mainly because of their bench, but it's a good team. They've been in the tournament, things like that. Vandy, then either Seton Hall or Rhode Island, and then they've got Wisconsin and West Virginia and Davidson before ACC play. Handful of cupcakes in there as well, but that's a I mean that's a dirty stretch uh, out of conference games. They'll yeah, probably that's a respectable handle Davidson, but you know West Virginia could easily be a loss. Wisconsin, Vandy, VC, you know they could lose three or four of those if they don't play to the level they've been playing at recently. I think there are a lot at of West members. Virginia. I think at yeah. West Virginia will end up being a loss. I think they're preseason top ten. Uh-huh. Um, they return a lot of the players last year, and that's a team that came into Charlottesville and beat EVA. I think it'll be a good game. Um, that's always a fun one when it, that's you know. The, 
commentators love that one because it's the, the clash of styles. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the Wisconsin game, as long as it's better than the absolutely abysmal disaster show that was the last time Wisconsin came to Virginia, which mm-hmm. was no joke, the worst basketball game I've ever seen. It was bad. Um, it was awful. <laughs> 48-38, was that the final? Yeah, something like that. Oh my God. Like neither team could make anything like – it was it was awful. It was awful. Um, <laughs> I still have nightmares about that. All right, and the ACC they've Ugh. got five teams uh, that they only play once at home. That's BC, Clemson, UNC, NC State, and Notre Dame. I'm penciling in that Notre Dame matchup after the last time they played in Brooklyn and uh, lost. That's senior day for us, ending the yeah. season with the Irish and Tony Bennett gets to think all year long about Bonzi. What's his face? Bonzi chirping Bonzi at him skipped, skipped leg day after he like dunked on Kyle guy for the fourth time or whatever, you know, <laughs> that the game got away from him a little bit. Um, I've always liked uh, coach Bray and, and, and that game left a real sour taste in my mouth yeah. uh, for that program. So definitely, obviously Carolina coming to town uh, is going to be, a big time game for sure. And that's actually really early in the season. It's right after uh, Christmas break. They've got on the road in Blacksburg, which definitely could be a loss. And then the UNC at home. So it's going to be really important. That's a really tough stretch right there. Absolutely. Um, coming off yeah. the holiday break. Yeah. Coming off. There's not going to be any fans there for, well, I mean, sorry, the students are on break for the Syracuse and North Carolina North games. Carolina. So UNC comes first and then Syracuse. Yeah. However, in one sense, those are almost good games for there to be no students there for because you will get fans that will want to come to those. Right. So those are things where you can still fill the arena, even though there won't be as many students, because I know there will definitely be students that will come back. That's the thing that's having a good basketball team will do. Students will come back early from break to come see games, which is awesome. Like I definitely did that and we were nowhere near as good as we are now. Um, I think that's... We were in fact bad back when we were in <laughs> 2007, college. We were okay. Yeah. Um, but I think that's a. Um, those are both going to be big ones. NC State should be interesting. Um, they have Kevin Keats now um, as their head coach, which, if Virginia fans remember, he is the former coach of UNC Wilmington. No, Correct. right? Is that right? Yeah. Yes. So whom uh, Virginia played in the first round of the tournament last year. Kevin Keats is an outstanding coach. So it'll be interesting to see what he does with them. Um, yeah, yeah, on the road. They, they lost a lot of players. They got Duke on the road. So on the Duke game, FSU, Miami. And you know how we love playing in the state of Florida. Pitt and Wake Forest. So the rest of the home and homes are Louisville, Georgia Tech, Syracuse, our favorite team to play, and Virginia Tech, who's going to be non-sneaky good this year. Um, I expect, I know they have the injury to Outlaws, as I am, I think, the good shooter, Um, but their coach is good, uh, and they uh, need to get someone else to hire him away because I don't like him when they're good at basketball. (laughs) Hopefully Buzz Williams gets... So snuck away to a better program at some point, but, uh, but anyway, that gone now. no Seth Allen, eh, no problem. So Trogs, what's sticking out to you on uh, the schedule there? What are you most excited to see? You know, man, I am a little disappointed in the home non-conference schedule. I, I usually try to make it down for one or two non-conference games 
every year, and I just don't know that there is one that jumps out at me this year. I mean, that Wisconsin game is the best one probably. That's a Monday night at 9 o'clock right after Thanksgiving weekend. That's a, that's kind of a bummer. Um, so that, was, <laughs> that was the first thing that, that jumped out at me. I always look at the schedule, and first thing I do is try to figure out which games I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to go to. Um, mm-hmm. So from I'll a, be there. Yeah, well, you yeah. live there. Yeah. It could so, be worse, Matt. Um, you could have the Georgetown non-conference schedule games to pick from. That's true. Yeah, let me take a look. I mean, I, I think you guys uh, covered a lot of it. I think, you know, the team is going to have to uh, kind of develop its identity uh, over a pretty reasonably hard non-conference schedule. I mean, there, there aren't a ton of cupcakes on there. Um, Savannah State is probably, maybe probably one of the worst teams that's come to JPJ since it was built, I would think. <laughs> but you know the others, UNC Greensboro is usually not terrible. Austin P is usually pretty respectable. Yeah, um, you know Monmouth and Lehigh. Hampton. Yeah, Lehigh, Monmouth, Hampton. You know, um, usually pretty respectable. Lehigh, you know, won a tournament game a few years ago. Davidson, we know their history. So. Um, the RPI is going to be in good shape. At least yeah, I, I think so. I hope so. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> going into the conference schedule, I mean, yeah, the, the Syracuse game sticks out to me as being a potentially fun one. Uh, the NC State game, I think that's a Sunday night. That one sticks out to me as being potentially mm. um, more fun than expected. Um, and then the the home game against Virginia Tech, I think that is that's February tenth, so that's a Saturday night. Um, so that could be a pretty good atmosphere. Um, yeah, that'll be good. Okay. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's gonna be it's gonna be an interesting season. You know, with the, the team, you know, we we don't really know what they're gonna be yet. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. Um, I think one of the things too that's interesting to point out is last season Virginia got smacked with a ton of those. Saturday, Monday, like the big Monday games. Um, yeah. That's something that Coach Bennett was actually pretty vocal about, about not liking a lot of those. I think there were well, three. Well, he's always complaining games. about all kinds yeah. of things. You know, Tony, he was always is whining about stuff. Just kidding. <laughs> Let me tell you um, But it was something that he, he, like, he made a point of. I think there were three in February, and there were no home Saturday games in February. Like there were just huge stretches where there right. were it was not a great setup, um, especially as the team was more worn down at the end of the season. Teams were honing in on London. Usually what would happen is they'd win one of them and then lose the other, whatever. Um, there are none this season. Um, so you, you anticipate all wins? All wins. No, That's kidding. Uh, I just think it's interesting that it actually, like, <laughs> they listened. Um, there is a yeah. Sunday, Tuesday, um, which is the closest stretch, but – um, I, I think in general, looking at this schedule, I think it's relatively favorable. It is in no way easy because it's the ACC and that's just how it works. Sure. But I think the toughest stretch is that little mini stretch at the beginning with the at Tech, Carolina, Syracuse, like we talked about. And then um, the at Duke, then home against Louisville, at Syracuse, at Florida State, at Virginia Tech, at Miami. That's going to be brutal. Yep. Um, that That's a really difficult stretch, not only because of the teams that are involved, but the travel and where they're playing and, and all that good stuff. Um, I also think it's a fun little end to the season to do the at Louisville and home against Notre Dame. Cause I agree with everything you said about the Notre Dame stuff. And I think that's a great, we haven't played them on a senior day, so that's kind of fun. Um, mm. 
and the only time Louisville has beaten Virginia was dun, dun, a senior dun. day for them when Mango hit that shot from the top of the key that no one thought he would make and he probably has never made ever again. Um, <laughs> but so it's just kind of interesting. I know um, to close with Louisville like that, it could be by that point, it could be a ranked, you know, pretty ranked matchup or maybe we're not ranked yeah. we have to figure out what's going on there. So I think right now expectations are maybe ranked, you know, right around that top 25 top 30 line, which would put them solidly on the right side of the bubble. But um, we've got, you know, just under two months uh, to see what kind of reports come out about who's going to do what and who's going to bring what roles to the table. Uh, right now, like you said, it's hard to nail down exactly who the starters should be. I think we could get a good idea of who they'll probably be based on how Bennett has uh, done such things in the past. But uh, yeah, you know, I'm excited. Uh, I think some of those guys turn a corner. Maybe they overtake some of the veteran uh, roles. In I don't know. Class. Yeah. And it's, I think, and this is purely speculation based on, um, like looking at social media and videos and like whatever else. But I think that the rapport among the team is maybe it's just a more socially active um, group of people, but I think they, they seem to really like each other and get along. Um, All right. Follow the, the Instagram stories or the Snapchats. They're, you know, taking trips to wilderness parks on days <laughs> off. And um, I, the com- you should like just read the comments in the Ty, Ty Jerome is an Instagram comment master. Um, but <laughs> I think that, that kind of stuff is important. I mean, as cheesy as it sounds, like chemistry is important on the team. Um, and I think that there's a lot of the stuff that is unknown should is just basically like we have two really highly rec- highly rated recruits in Jay Huff and DeAndre Hunter coming off of red shirts that we just legitimately don't know anything about. Yeah. Like we don't know what to expect, how we'll fit in. Um, and we don't know if any of the issues with Isaiah are still lingering um, or any of that stuff. So I don't know. Obviously I like to talk about basketball and I'm really excited and you guys are probably over it. So. <laughs> yeah. We're already over talking about basketball too. Well, two months still two months out. <laughs> well, we'll be back soon to chat about either the doom and gloom following a UConn loss or <laughs> being two and one and having maybe a little optimism uh, for the ACC schedule for the football what, team. What was the question, Pierce? <laughs> I just, I just went on a free. free yeah, it, uh, free I, I forgot. I forgot the question. Sorry. <laughs> there wasn't one. I just wanted to talk more. Oh, okay. And that seems like a good place to wrap up. So <laughs> the rest of streaking the line, and our podcast crew, I'm Pierce. Go Hoos. Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. The iPhone XR is here at T-Mobile, and there's a whole lot to love. 
like taking those perfect new year, new you portrait mode selfies you're going to share. Nice. It's the best way to stay connected to everyone you'll heart most in 2019. So get ready to fall in love with iPhone XR on T-Mobile, the most loved in wireless. Call 1-800-T-Mobile to learn more or visit a store today. 